Chapter 1. Modal Model of Memory. Case of the Day! A case. Joanne was a second-year resident with severe test anxiety. She consistently struggled with passing her examinations in medical school, which frustrated her as she was always able to memorize things quickly. Throughout college and medical school, she would study by cramming for hours the night before an exam. She would often perform well on small quizzes with this approach, but always struggled with her final exams. She wanted to remember everything for her upcoming in-service exam, which she did very poorly on during her first year. She sought advice to improve her study techniques to facilitate better long-term retention. Question for the reader. For a learner like Joanne, what would you suggest as a good way for her to review the material? Overview. Modal model of memory. The modal model of memory suggests that the human memory has three separate components. One, sensory register. That is, information initially enters via the five senses. Number two, short-term memory. The working memory, where information from both the sensory register and long-term memory are processed. Number three, long-term memory a long-term storage area that holds information that has been rehearsed in the short-term memory. As the short-term memory has finite capacity and requires significant energy requirements, not all sensory information is attended to. Therefore, the content of the short-term memory is significantly smaller than that of the sensory register. The sensory register is the sum of all input, whereas the short-term memory is what you pay attention to or consciously think about. The short-term memory can hold between five to nine discrete pieces of information at a time. There is a constant transition of items from short-term memory to long-term memory. Items are moved into long-term memory based on the amount of time they are kept in the short-term memory. As new items are introduced into the short-term memory, the oldest items are lost after the capacity has been reached. If these items have moved to long-term memory, they're retrievable. Long-term memory is indefinite, serving as a permanent store of information. However, if the information has been replaced in the short-term memory before moving into long-term memory, these items are lost and not retrievable, not learned. The earliest reference to modal memory, the idea that there are separate, though interconnected, memory stores, was by William James in 1890. He described primary memory as momentary conscious memory and secondary memory as permanent unconscious memory. The observation that heralded the modern theory of modal memory was that a short sequence of items will be forgotten if rehearsal is interrupted by a distraction. Although there were many contemporaneous descriptions of this theory of memory, Atkinson and Schifrin gave the most complete description in 1968. They were also the first to add a third aspect to this theory, the sensory register. Modern takes on this theory. One of the most influential models to arise out of the initial Atkinson and Schifrin theory is Alan Baddeley's working memory model. This model postulates that instead of a single limited capacity short-term memory that passively stores information, there's a multi-component active processing system. This model is composed of a supervisory system, the central executive system, and two slave systems, the phonological loop and the visuospatial sketchpad. The central executive system is in charge of strategy selection and integration from various sources, including phonological loop and visuospatial sketchpad. It is responsible for attentional control. 
The phonological loop stores information with subvocal rehearsal, internal silent dialogue. If information is not rehearsed in such a manner, the data will decay within seconds. Inputs into this loop include both the internal dialogue and external auditory input surrounding an encounter. The visuospatial sketchpad involves both visual and spatial processing that are separate from the verbal processes of the phonological loop. As an example, when reading a book, one often creates an internal silent dialogue, a phonological loop, while also visually reading the words, a visuospatial sketchpad. This combination of factors can enhance retention by activating multiple systems, as opposed to one system in isolation. Another theory derived from the modal model of memory is that of conceptual short-term memory. Conceptual short-term memory is used for sentence processing, everyday reading, and scene perception. It is postulated that when presented with a visual stimulus, such as a sentence, the information simultaneously goes into the phonological loop as well as the conceptual short-term memory. This area of memory can hold large amounts of information, although it decays very quickly, unless it has relevance to an existing conceptual structure that is already organized and stored in the long-term memory. For example, when learning about congestive heart failure. A medical student will better retain new information about the use of nitroglycerin when linking this to existing knowledge about the Frank Starling Law. Search of associative memory is a theory put forth by Rige Makers and Schifrin in 1981 that addresses retrieval from long-term memory. It is based on the idea that events are encoded in memory as separate packages that can be accessed via retrieval cues. The strength of the cue will be determined by pre-existing relationships as well as rehearsal and coding performed by short-term memory. In other words, two images are linked together by rehearsing them in conjunction with one another. Therefore, recall from the long-term memory is based on cues originating from the subject, with each cue assigned different value based upon the degree of salience to the subject. When retrieval is attempted, memory images with strong retrieval cues will be recalled more easily than those with weak retrieval cues. For example, dog-cat is easier than recalling dog-chair. Finally, Erickson and Kinch put forth the idea of long-term working memory in 1993 to explain why working with an area of expertise appears to allow individuals to far exceed the constraints of working memory. They propose that skilled use of storage in long-term working memory can be combined with temporary storage in short-term working memory. They felt that retrieval cues made well-known information much faster to retrieve and allowed active manipulation of this information to supersede the rules of working memory. Specifically, they suggest that there is minimal effect from interruption. Interrupting a reading test does not dramatically reduce comprehension of the material prior to the interruption. Building upon the example above, dog-cat has a long history within the reader's mind, given their association as four-legged house pets. However, dog and chair are not commonly identified together. Therefore, given equal chances to memorize both, the former is more easily recalled. Other examples of where this theory could apply. The modal model of memory stresses the importance of actively reviewing recently encountered material in order to move it into long-term memory. Additionally, there is emphasis on actively moving information from the sensory register into the short-term memory, which is the first step in storing the information within long-term memory. In the classroom, there are several different ways to encourage this necessary repetition. 
One approach could be the use of planned educational sessions followed by simulation cases based on the topics discussed in order to build repetition into the structure of the curriculum. There's also some evidence supporting the flipped classroom. This may improve information retention by requiring learners to prepare in advance for an in-class session, thereby increasing the time spent storing and recalling information in a long-term memory. In the clinical realm, having learners give a short presentation on a clinical entity that they have recently encountered can assist in enhancing the retention of the material. Bridging between the classroom and clinical learning will further assist learners to encode information into the long-term memory. This can be done by asking learners what they have been studying and have them to apply this new information to current clinical encounters. Limitations of this theory in 1972, Crake and Lockhart noted that the encoding of information from short-term memory to long-term memory is not solely dictated by the time spent in rehearsal, but also depends on the amount of depth of attention. Rehearsal at a shallow level, type 1 processing, will result in a higher rate of forgetting than type 2 processing. They define type 1 processing as repetition without analysis, whereas type 2 processing consists of deep rehearsal with analysis of the stimulus. As an example, repeating albuterol treats asthma for three minutes would be considered type 1 processing, whereas thinking about how albuterol as a beta agonist, binds with beta-2 receptors in the smooth muscle of the airways and reduces bronchoconstriction in the lungs would be a type 2 processing. Additionally, the modal model of memory assumes that all long-term memory is permanent and that any perceived loss of information from this store is just a problem with retrieval. However, there appears to be some degree of information that is lost when it is not regularly rehearsed. Of note, this can be minimized when the person has expert level knowledge in the material. For example, the average physician may not recall much of the Krebs cycle several years after medical school. However, a physician with extensive prior experience in metabolic research would be far more likely to retain the same information even if she didn't use it in her current career. Returning to the case. Case of the day! Joanne chose to focus her initial efforts on infectious diseases, the material she was least comfortable with, and targeted her energy on learning and retaining this material. She decided to exercise the practice of rehearsal with information. She started with a brief board review chapter on the topic, worked through some practice cases, and then dove deeper into a book chapter review of the topic. She assembled notes for herself to review later using tables and graphs. Subsequently, she reviewed her prior patient visit list for those with infectious diseases. She reviewed the clinical presentation, the diagnosis, the pathophysiology, and the management for each patient's case. Finally, she created quizzes and consistently exercised retrieval practice to improve her recall during stressful scenarios. She realized that when she returned to the information and reviewed it on subsequent days, she recalled and understood it much better than with her prior approach of quick memorization. Once she had finished a subject, she moved on to another topic but made sure that she spent sufficient time delving into each subject, as well as rehearsing material she had previously mastered to improve her recall. She enjoyed learning with this approach, and her score significantly improved on this year's in-service exam. She also felt stronger and more confident with each topic in the clinical arena.